It's day two of Advent. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast Advent Edition. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services and exists to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. Day two, the need. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Genesis 3.11 We knew what was coming because we see the sin in our lives today. We knew that Adam and Eve were going to drop the ball. Between God's creating of the world, his forming of Adam from the dust, his forming of Eve from Adam's rib, and even the seventh day of rest, God had been communing with Adam and Eve. He'd been walking in the garden. He told them of his perfect plan for them. He shared his provision with them. Genesis 3, 8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. This verse leads us to believe that the Lord had walked on a regular basis with his children in the garden before Adam and Eve had enjoyed previously these strolls with God. In God's perfect creation of the world, he created the serpent. Again, knowing that the serpent would try to deceive the woman and deceive the man. In, in his deception of the woman, the serpent doubts the character of God. He, he begins his pattern for deceiving mankind from then on by, by planting doubt in the mind of man. Doubt about the love of God. Doubt about the provision of God. Look at what, what the Satan's first question is. Did God really say? Did, did God really tell you? Is this really bad for you? Satan tempts us to believe that God is not for us. Satan tempts us to believe that what God said he didn't really see. And we can see the same deception from the enemy and the lies that we believe today. We ask ourselves from the enemy, did God really say that I was his child? We, we start to wonder because of the enemy's attacks. Is, is Christ's blood on the cross really sufficient to save me? Or or do I need to do more? Or or, or do I need to work in my own power? Is God's love really sufficient? You see, God's allowance of the serpent so early on in the story is to show us the pattern we'd fall into for the rest of our journey, walking with the Lord. We enter into relationship with Jesus, and immediately the enemy is at work to drag us away from the intimate relationship with our Father. The good thing about seeing the account of the serpent and Eve is to be able to learn from his tricks and adjust our behavior today. But regardless, Adam and Eve fell for it. They ate from the tree. And they hid from the Lord because they knew immediately they had a broken relationship. They became aware of their nakedness, and the Lord warned them of all that was to come. He says in Genesis 3, 14 through 19, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and from the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Oh, amen. Jesus Christ would come to bruise the head of the serpent. In verse 16, to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree for which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Curses the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it, you were taken, for 
you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Oh, but then, in Genesis 3.21, we see the gentle provision of God for his sinful creation. This is the first physical sign of a redemption that is to come. Genesis 3.21 says, And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin, and he clothed them. God created the world knowing Eve and Adam would fall for the serpent's ploys, knowing they'd immediately be aware of their nakedness. Then he warns them of what's to come, the trouble that they will endure, but ultimately he closed them. This is the gentle, nurturing nature of our Father. Knowing we will fail him, he still shadows us and showers us with his love. He, he shadows us with the pinion of his wings, and he showers us with his love and his mercy. We live in a broken world, beloved, because of the first sin, and we have a real enemy. And the enemy is the same enemy introduced in Genesis 3, the great serpent, Satan. From the beginning of creation, he has warred against God's design. He has been bent towards destruction and absolute decimation of everything that God had called good in creation. We can't overlook the posture of God's designed family during the temptation of Genesis 3. God had made the man and the woman as complementary. He had, he had given the man the role of the leader and the woman the role of the helper. Woman was made for man because he was incomplete without her. It was man's role to love the woman, protect her, and ultimately point her to the Father. God's first commands were given to man before woman was even created. His single prohibition was contained in these commands in Genesis 2.17. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it of it you will surely die. The very next thing out of God's mouth in verse 18 was, It's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. It was the man's job to lead the woman and to guard her heart. It was his job to help her understand the goodness of God and his great love and ultimate protection. The first sin was aided by the apathy of the man. Satan was already working to bring enmity in God's perfect relationship. He was tempting the man towards being weak and apathetic while tempting the woman to take on the role of the leader. When Genesis 3 begins with the first temptation and utterly the fall of man, make no mistake, the attack was supremely against the relationship between God and his creation. But ultimately, it was an attack on the horizontal family as well. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate, Genesis 3, 6. And the war on the family and on mankind was on and raging. Men of God, we need to seek God with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, and with all of our souls, and to love our wives as we love ourselves. We need to take up the weapons of this war and fight back for the sake of our marriages, for the sake of our families, and for the sake of the gospel to the nations. Our great God calls himself our Father. He compares himself to the groom seeking after his bride, the church, and as the father who pursues his prodigal son. Men, we are the image bearers of the godly pursuit. Our wives are craving our leadership, and our role is vital to our children. We are called to love our wives like Christ loves the church. That means loving this precious image bearer of God, even when the dailiness of life seems boring, even when her sin makes her unlovable, even when she wounds our ego, even when she fails to respect our leadership or rebels against our love. And we do this because our marriages are a picture of the gospel. Our wives and our children need our presence and our dependence on God. 
As godly men, we must humbly serve and protect the weak, the vulnerable, and the orphan. We must seek integrity for every area of our lives, and we must lead our families, our communities, our churches, and businesses with courage and conviction. We are God's image bearers of justice and strength to a watching world. We are called to bring strength and stability to our families. Beloved kids need daddies, and many of the kids that we help in this nation and around the world were first abandoned by their daddies. When men became weak and no longer led their families, Satan slipped in and told us the lie that biblical family doesn't matter. And so with this first sin came an attack on family. And when the family fell, we start to see a world full of orphans and neglected children. Oh, come Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast Advent Edition. Please visit lifelinechild.org backslash advent to receive a free download of Lifeline's Advent cards and join us as we anticipate the coming of Jesus our Savior. For more information or to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you this Christmas to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast Advent Edition.